Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra to Count Shocking, from Mickey Mouse to CM Punk. Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna as we welcome you to the IndieCast. All nerd, all the time, exclusively on the WNR. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I'm Zach Romero. Joining me here, as always, is one Chad Allen. Chad, say hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, So it's great to be back here. Uh, We took a week off for the uh, Halloween season, Um, which, by the way, as a side note, I actually got to pass out candy for the first time. Very cool. Uh, In the old neighborhood we were living at, uh, just no kids ever showed up. And so... Uh, new neighborhood, new house. So, uh, it was great. It was awesome. Um, it, in the kid's defense, uh, for your old house, you, you were at the end of a very dark, a very dark street when it got to that point of your, uh, well, not only that it, abode at the very end of a creepy dark street. Plus we're right across the street from a nursing home. So it was like, <laughs> like literally the cross the street neighbor was like a nursing home. So yeah, it was not necessarily kid central, but um, funny part is, and and at that house, you, I, I don't know about the new house. I have not been to the new fully gimmicked uh, headquarters as of yet, but at the old house, you definitely kept up your like Halloween type decorations year round. Also true, skulls and gravestones and stuff like that. And then you lived across the street from a nursing home, which probably had gravestones out front there too. Well, um, I mean, yeah, this is part of the, the the setup at that point, right? Um, but no, it was good. I didn't wear a costume. I just had. Like, I just had, like, a fucking Jurassic Park t-shirt on and some shorts, but everyone was pretty thrilled. Um, we had a decent mix of, like, actual candy, and we got those um, Halloween uh, Pokemon cards. Okay. Yeah, they were little mini packs. They were packs of three cards, but they had, like, Gengar on the front, and they were, like, literally packaged as, like, a, here's a big bag of little three-card, you know, boosters <laughs> to give out instead of candy. Um, and so we, we had some of those, which, which went over pretty big. Um, there was one kid who was like, um, I will say there was a couple of teenagers, um, which kind of the common, I don't know if you've come across this, but sort of the like societal stance I've seen on online is Hey, don't give them a hard time. Just give them some candy because they could. It could be worse. They could be being right. assholes. Yeah. So uh, I did that. But um, at one point, there was a kid, real young kid, dressed as Buzz Lightyear. They have older sibling with them, who's like probably like eleven or twelve, right? And not dressed up, and clearly being like the chaperone. Um, so they, you know, ring the doorbell. I throw open the door. Um, Buzz Lightyear doesn't even have a bag. Buzz just like puts out his hand, and I'm like, okay. So I put like you know a little fun size Twix and uh, a Pokemon pack in his hand, and older sibling like snaps and looks at it and goes, "Oh man, you got Pokemon cards?" <laughs> I look at him, I go, "You want a pack?" And he goes, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay." So I handed him one too. I was like, "Yeah, Halloween guys." Um. But what was funny was one of the, um, and by funny, I mean very mundane and not interesting. 
uh, is at the front. So we have like a little bit of a kind of sort of a hallway that leads to the front door. So if I'm sitting in the living room, I have to do like the ultimate warrior to get to the front door. Um, But hanging towards the ceiling, as you will attest, was done in the old house. Um, We have like a little shelf that's got like some pop vinyl on it to get them off the floor and just display them. And there was uh, like a pack of kids who, as soon as they opened the door, they noticed that. They were like, whoa, look at the pop vinyl. I was like, oh, yeah. uh, Whoops. And then I realized like, oh, all this really weird art we have like right in the front of the hallway has been like (laughs) visible to these children the whole night. Like, Oh, Hey, ask your parents what come back with a warrant means. Um, (laughs) whoops. Is that where that, uh, was it that Alice in Wonderland movie that, uh, no, uh, we have a, we have a art print, uh, from an artist. We saw at a convention that's got like the Barbie dream house. And it says like, come back with a warrant on it. So I'm like, whoops. Um, I remember you used to. Have- oh, I know what you're talking about. No, thank God we don't have that poster uh, in the hallway. Um, okay, but we have like uh, a canvas piece that Luna got printed. Uh, that's uh, that talks about like you know this is how we worship Jesus in this house, and it's a picture of Bo Burnham. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a poster of Ric Flair that says like the big house in the big side of town. It's just a lot of weird shit, is my point. And it was right. right there perfect view of these children i was like whoopsies um but other than that it was great um i think my favorite bit of the uh of the weekend for of the halloween day for me was we were uh making our way back and i, I am proud to say if for nothing else and i'm not trying to brag about this it's just the kind of way it is especially the front part of my neighborhood when you first drive in mm-hmm. is one of those areas where like people will sometimes drive in from other neighborhoods. To right. Break yes. Tree. Um, Everyone's putting like maximum effort in. Right. So like, so we made our way down to the main street, but when you get back into my neck of the, the woods in the neighborhood, um, it starts to get very dark. A lot of people don't yes. seem to play along except for, you know, me and a couple other houses. And, um, as we were walking back, um, the girls were finishing up a couple houses in kind of in our area that we hadn't hit to, to finish trick or treating. And there was a couple of probably, I would say probably 14 to 15 year old boys. Like they may have just, they may still be in middle school, but may just be starting high school kind of age. Um, who looked like, um, uh, like if, um, like they, they, he could, they could both be Matt Riddle's kids. <laughs> like they both got that you know kind of stoned look to them one of them's legitimately in like an inflatable toilet costume amazing a bit of an idea and they were with a couple other kids and they're like i can hear them talking on the way on the way down it's like man i don't know if any other houses have candy here well i still had some candy left over from i was given out at the beginning before i took the girls out to go trick-or-treating and i was like the the pied piper of halloween i'm like come kids follow me. I have candy for you and had them like follow me to the house so that I could give them candy. And they were like, dude, that's great. Cause I gave them like, cause they didn't have that much left. So I just gave them like, you know, I don't have small hands. I gave them like, you know, baseball mitt size, like drops of candy for each of them. Cause I was like, I don't need it in this house. Right. And the girls have plenty in their bowls right now. So we're, we're good for that. So, um, so yeah, I gave them a bunch and sent them on their way. But it was it was kind of cool to you know 
help the teenagers get some candy because they were they couldn't figure out where to go from there. But so well, you you saved Halloween clearly. That's right. So well, Zach. Speaking of saving Halloween, no, actually, you know what? Before we save Halloween, I, I have a question I need to get out of my system here. So oh. I derail the show a little bit. And I talked a little bit. You may have seen my TikTok earlier on this one here because I did put one up. By the way, at IndieCast Maximus, if you're not following me, you should be. Um, Johnny, social media over here. Yeah, right? Um, How the fuck does Jeff Jarrett keep getting jobs? I don't know. Can can someone fucking explain it to me why people just like... So walk me through so that we can keep this moment in time. So walk me through him showing back the fuck up again. I, I have, I'll be honest. I'll be honest I, because you know, my, I've, I think I've been very vocal on my hatred for Jeff Jarrett on the show. In the yes. Past. So this should come as no surprise. Um, I only saw like a small clip of it, but apparently he must've come out at some point when like sting and Darby Allen were having some sort of face down with Jay lethal and his group. And Jarrett showed up and El Cabonged, goddamn darby and then challenge sting to a match which is this is this technically carrying over from the like, fucking I mean, rick flair pay-per-view is that technically what does, is that why he's like aligning himself with jay lethal sure yeah that would make sense actually wouldn't it because that was it was uh it was Jarrett and lethal wasn't it yeah, and you know what? The funny thing about that is, I fucking hate that. So there you go. Right. So, but like, goddamn, like, like he started fucking TNA. He WWE had hired him for a little while, right up until Triple H showed back up again and Triple said, H- "Get the fuck out! How the, how the fuck did you get here? Get out!" And sent him on his merry. But like, like, did AEW really need him? Did they need a, a like? Does Jeff Jarrett need to be a live event de- director? Does Jeff Jarrett need to be fucking wrestling right now? Like, what is... I got what the F.E. rub, man. On? I got like, the F.E. rub, and there's no stopping him. Jesus fucking hell. Go away. Like... No, the truly the bad penny to end all bad pennies. Of, like, how do I get rid of you? Right. Yeah, very odd. I saw that as well, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I I, called- like you know, there was the big thing about... You know, they brought out Colt Cabana to to challenge Chris Jericho for like you know, the Ring of Honor title. And I there were some Yeah, I saw another TikToker get all get all pissy about that. And I and I what were your thoughts on Colt coming out? Well, here's the thing. Um he has history with Ring of Honor. Right. He's a former NWA world champion, like Right. He's not some, it's not like bringing out fucking Gilberg. Like right. he's, he's somebody. It just happens to be somebody to, that they just don't fucking use. Um, but it, it does feel unlike, you know, I don't, the, the TikTok you're referencing was like, nobody ever heard of Coca Ban until CM Punk shit on him in that press conference. And I'm like, who the fuck, what, who, who are you? Get out of here. Like Colt Cabana is a thing. It has, he has been a thing. Right. Um, but it does feel like a weird dig. Like, I don't know if it is, but it feels like 
a weird dig at CM Punk somehow. Because there's, you know, there's rumors that they're, like, trying to buy him out of his contract and, like, get him out of here permanently and yada, yada, yada. So it feels like there could be something deeper. It could just be, hey, we just drew a name out of a hat and it's, like, the joke is, like, ah, this isn't, like, an actual main event person. Ha, ha, ha. But because it's Cole, like, if they had done that, like, with Luigi Primo, if they were, like, ah, ha, ha, you know, it's Luigi Primo and he's here. And Jericho's not really treating him like a real threat or whatever. Then it'd be like, okay, so he obviously has, like, some say over, like, who his opponent is. Right. And if that was the case here, fine. That's a dumb story to tell, but fine. Um, But the fact that it's Colt Cabana and he is so intrinsically connected to CM Punk, it does feel like kind of a weird fuck you to CM Punk. Right. Of like, hey, we don't want you around anymore. So much so... That we're going to get the guy that we were booking like dog shit for the last six months. Uh, we're going to put him on TV as a main event guy because fuck you. Like, it kind of feels like that, but I don't know. It's also just one of those things where it's like you're kind of just jumping to conclusions at this point. Right. Here's a couple of things I thought about it. Could it be a little bit of an FU to punk? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, but there's been rumors for a while that like, once CM Punk got there, he's like, I don't want to work on a show with Cole Cabana on there. Fuck that guy. And then they kept him off, mostly to appease Punk. Mm. Um, so that's supposedly why he hasn't been on TV. So, yeah, this is basically kind of like, oh, you didn't want this guy on TV? Well, great. Now that you're gone, we're going to put him back on TV again. Um, the biggest problem I am having right now with the fan reaction to Colt Cabana is the fact that some it's this falls into the and we've talked about this before this falls into like the Star Wars fandom mm. and the Marvel sometimes the Marvel fandom type of things where people get this whole idea that like oh hey they haven't said who his opponent is so it's got to be somebody really really good and then it ends up being Colt Cabana and they get all whiny about it because they've set expectations of what it's supposed to be. Right. That's it's, true. It's, I see what you're saying. Like there's a, there's still a story there. Like Colt Cabana, like you said, it has a very long ring of honor history. He's got, he's held ring of honor titles. He is exactly fitting the bill of what, Jericho said he was going after that he was going to beat up all of the ring of honor, any ring of honor champion. Didn't matter if they held the world title or otherwise. So him beating up Colt Cabana fits because you got to have, you're going to slowly build up to somebody that Jericho ultimately probably won't be able to beat. And that's where it like comes to a head. So you can't immediately front load it with like, Fucking, oh, it's Dalton Castle. Oh, it's Jay Lethal. Oh, it's Chris Hero. Oh, it, you know. Well, and it can't be like it's Samoa Joe. It's right. Loki. It's like these guys that were world beaters. Well, you can't do that right away. So you need to throw a Colt Cabana in there. Now, to make up for it, they did announce it next week. Because Tony Khan said, I can't wait till next week to announce this when I'm announcing it now. And he announced that it's Chris Hero next week. So, like, there's a buildup, guys. I, I think I think the issue stems from a, like you said, I, there, if that's the story we're telling, that's fine. Right. I think the 
fact it was somebody who's already on the payroll. Sure. I think is what irked people. Like if you had started with Chris Hero, which is like he's not an AEW guy. Right. He, he hasn't been in WWE in forever. Like, holy shit. Then I think that would have accomplished what people were expecting. But see, I, I will disagree with that because way too many fans will like when he's like builds up the surprise and then they have the surprise come out and then that surprise loses. They get pissy about that, too. Well, why True. You You're right on that. Lose. So sometimes I feel like and it's true for Tony. It's true for Tony Khan. And sometimes it's going to be it was true for Vince at some point. Uh, and it will probably be true for Triple H at some point here, too, where it's just like. You can't win for fucking losing. Like so. This is true. You're not wrong. I just feel like it would be like if WWE was saying, oh, we're going to have somebody who's like a 15-year vet come out and fight Brock Lesnar to really show him a thing or two. And everyone goes, holy shit, 15 years. It's got to be fucking whatever. Sarah Del Rey is going to come and fight Brock Lesnar or whatever the fuck. Right. And then it's the Miz because technically he's been employed for 15 years. Like but, that's, I think when it's like, Oh, the big surprise was somebody who already works here. Right. It's not quite as impressive because I think it was presented as this big, holy shit surprise. If they had just stuck with the, like, Hey, go back and look at your history books. Anybody who was a ring of honor champion is fair game. And we're going from there. Instead of like, oh, it's going to be a huge surprise. You're going to shit your pants when you see who's fighting Jericho. And it's somebody already, you know, employed by AEW. I could see it being a little less like, holy shit. Yeah, I, I still I still don't know if they were like blowing it up nearly as much as like everybody wants to think it was, though. But I don't know. I, no, I'm, you're right. You're right. I, if I it's not on them for blowing it up and just the internet took it and ran, then you can't get mad that you hurt your own feelings. Like right. you were churching it up. But they constantly, like, God, wrestling fans love to hurt their own feelings. Right. That's <laughs> the lesson to be learned here. Stop hurting your own feelings, folks. Sit back and watch the show. I did see, I think it was Lance Storm was on a podcast and he had mentioned that, like, Unless the unless there is definitely a separate TV deal, then the Ring of Honor stuff is just wasting time. I like mean, he like he's like if this is going to end with, and by the way, Ring of Honor is going to be on fucking Thursday nights now on right. this channel on TNT. Go watch it. He's like then perfectly fine how it is and continue to build that up. And put that brand in people's faces. He goes, but if that's not a definite thing happening, you're just wasting everyone's time. Like, just focus on one roster and call it a day. I did read somebody had put up, because uh, they had announced, like, uh, I forget which show it was coming up. It may have been last night's Rampage. Um, uh, they had, I think, five title matches on it, because they had the Ring of Honor match. They mm -hmm. had a... Uh, like the TBS championship. I think they had a TNT championship match. FTR defended a tag belts. Like uh, there, yeah, there was a lot going on. It's like, there's way too many titles. You guys got to like cut this back a bit. And there, there may be some truth to that. I, that there, uh, AEW may have got themselves a little too in bed with too many places to, uh, that now there's too much gold being littered around there, but 
Well, one crazy fucking uh, theory that I heard was, you know, Cody Rhodes is gone, and it's still not 100% if, you know, uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks are coming back or if they're pissed and they're just going to leave for good or whatever. And so the theory was... Oh, Ring of Honor is the contingency plan that if the Bucks and Kenny tell Tony Khan to go fuck himself, that they're just going to throw AEW away and just convert to it's the new Ring of Honor because of like contractual technicalities of like, well, Kenny and the Bucks own part of the stock or whatever, whatever. So the idea would be like, oh, Ring of Honor's there as a backup. So if they do bail, Tony can just say, well, I'm not still paying you because of your fucking contracts with AEW, so I'm going to kill AEW, and we're just going to move the whole roster over and just continue running it like it is, but just call it Ring of Honor instead, which I'm like, that seems very far-fetched. Right. Yeah, and since they had a bit with the, uh, like a kind of a teaser bit with the Bucks and Kenny recently, I, I feel like they're on, probably on their way back. So I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, I know everybody's like, oh, they're going to WWE. It's like, no, I bet mm, you they No, don't. they're not. But keep thinking they are. So, well, Zach, let's go back to Halloween a little bit. You oh, had okay. a, uh, uh, you had a convention you did recently. So how, I how did, did indeed. How'd it go? Uh, it actually went beautifully. Uh, so we did Spooky Empire in uh, lo- lo- luxurious Orlando, Florida, <laughs> and uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, it was a three-day event. Uh, the big theme was Twin Peaks. That was the big theme of the event. So they had a shitload of the original cast, uh, including Kyle MacLachlan. Uh, and it was phenomenal. We had a corner booth. We had electricity. So I had... Uh, a TV playing uh, snippets of all the titles that we offer. I brought 69 new release tapes with us. Nice. Like, so nice. 69 of our in-house tapes. By the day, by the time Friday was done, I had already sold 30. Nice. Yeah. Uh, by the time the whole weekend was done, I came home with two tapes left. There you uh, go. So- my side was phenomenal. Luna absolutely killed. So we split our table in half, basically. We had a corner table. Wow. So we split in half. One side was Brain Buster. The other side was She-Wolf. And so um, she sold a bunch of her art. Uh, super. You would be so proud of her because uh, she stuck to her guns on price. Good. Uh, oftentimes we are artists and we uh crumble under the weight of our own self-doubt and so you know prices get dropped left and right and by the time we're done yeah we sold everything but we didn't make as much money as we could have this time she stuck to her guns we still sold a bunch of stuff she did phenomenal caused family drama at one point with her art which was great really uh, tell yeah, that we had, built, we had put together these like kind of diorama pieces um that were representative of a particular horror film. And within it, we had made up a tape that would have existed in the fictional world of the movie. Okay. So for example, 
we did a scream one that had like popcorn on it and it had like the rules of like the horror movies to watch out for and then we made like a disney big box vhs cover of stab which is the meta scream movie that exists in the scream universe like that they make a movie about the events of the first scream and it's called stab so i did like a whole cover for that tape as though it were real um we did one for Friday the 13th and it was like a camp counselor um like video guide like oh you just joined the team here's your here's what to know um and it had like a piece of a hockey mask and uh some like charred marshmallows and stuff like that and like a friendship bracelet and then we did an evil dead one that had like a piece of the spool from like professor nobi's cabin and it had like shotgun shells and some of the pages from the Necronomicon. And then the, the VHS tape is we had like an S smart, um, you know, video guide that starred like Ash and Ted Raimi. Nice. Uh, so awesome, awesome pieces. They're on, uh, she Wolf's, uh, social media. If you, if you go check the Instagram or whatever, uh, but there was a family that came up, a brother and sister and, and, and their dad, and they wanted the scream one. And the girl, the sister, was dressed as a camp counselor from Friday the 13th. So they go, oh, my God, they're freaking out about it. And they're like, okay, well, we both want it. We're going to do a quick lap. We'll come back. We're like, okay. Everybody says it. Very rarely does it happen. About 30 minutes later, they come back around. They had apparently flipped for it, and the brother had won. And so it is an intense feeling of pride when a family comes over beelines to your table puts the money down on the table to buy the item and no one in the family looks happy like that is a <laughs> special kind of pride to feel to to experience that um so the brother bought the scream one the sister ended up buying the uh Friday the 13th one and so you know we obviously were thrilled about it yeah um the other big highlight for me was uh, there was a um, actually I, I can pull up his Instagram. There was a, a, a very nice gentleman um, named Pat Roberts. He is uh, P Roberts four 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 on Instagram, and uh, he was walking around and he saw the TV playing our our tapes and and all that good stuff. And so he buys a copy of Krampus and he's like, are you selling that TV by the way? Cause it was a TV with a VHS built in. Right. Um, and I go, well, technically, technically we are. Uh, and the only reason why I said technically is I had the Disney princess TV as a backup, but I left the remote at home so I couldn't use it. Um, so I was like, yeah, technically we're selling it. It'll, it'll fuck up my display, but uh, technically we're selling it. And so he's like, oh, man, um, he goes, uh, let me let me think about it. And I was like, OK. And. He walks away from the table. Luna looks right at me and she goes, he's going to be thinking about that all fucking day. And I go, ah, come on. And I swear to God, not even a full 60 seconds later, he comes walking back <laughs> over. He's like, I'm buying that fucking TV. And we're like, oh, my God. So. He dragged that big fucker all the way to his car. Um. And the reason why I mentioned his Instagram, um, so I found him on Instagram after the fact, uh, 
He's fucking cool as shit. Oh, really? Okay. He's like a legit merch guy. So he's like, he'll tour with acts as their merch guy, I think. Okay. So he was on tour with like Trixie Mattel and the fucking weekend and like other big name fucking people. I was like, holy shit, I sold a TV to this guy. Um, and so uh, to sweeten the deal, because he'd already bought Krampus, Luna was brilliant and offered him one of the VHS uh, holders from the 70s, like the big shelves that has the thing, and he was over the moon. So um, so he's been posting about that. Like in his office setup now, he's got the shelves that have all the horror movies. He's got the TV set up. It looks awesome. Uh, and then as a nice little wrapping up a bow on that, uh, Dan Starling came in clutch and was able to get the uh, remote to me as well as my uh, Brain Buster Party Dad shirt. And uh, so the the Disney Princess TV was was carrying the heavy weight for the rest of the weekend. Nice. I'm surprised yeah. somebody didn't try to buy that. Uh, I think the asking price was too high, which was fine, because I love the novelty of the Disney Princess TV playing, you know, a snippet from Evil Head. Right. Um, so I, I was fine with that. I was like, if we don't sell this, that's perfectly fine with me. I'm thrilled to have it as, like, my display piece. Did you bump into any celebrities while you were there? Like, I know last last time you did a con, you uh, you had an up-close-and-personal with, uh, with a celebrity there, so... Well, uh, yes, kind of. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're, you know, at the booth and Starling looks up and goes, Hey, wait a minute. That's Joe Gacy. And I look up and it is, it's Joe Gacy. Nice. Right before he debuted on NXT. Very and cool. so we kind of wave at him or whatever. And he kind of waves back and Luna looks at me and she goes, why does he look so familiar to me? And I go, because he was at the first punk pro show that we ever did. And she goes, Oh my God, he did <laughs> the fucking worm. I was like, yes, he did. He was, he was going against Ethan case and they put on the sunglasses and somebody in the crowd said, Oh man, something cool's about to happen. And they were right. And so <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I haven't thought about that in like five years. So I got out of the booth and I ran over and stopped him. And he's looking at me and I'm like, hey, and I got a explanation. I go, I don't know if you remember, but you wrestled for a company called Punk Pro fucking forever ago when WrestleMania was in Orlando. Um, and you did the fucking worm and it was the greatest thing we had seen. And he laughed so hard and he goes, not only do I remember that, he goes, that was my favorite match of that whole weekend. <laughs> and I was like, what more can you ask for? So, and then the next fucking week he was on the next day. So I was like, oh, there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Reminded uh, Joe Casey that he did the worm and wore sunglasses. And some of the crowd said something cool's about to happen. And they were right. Damn right. They did. So it's nice. It's nice to have like kind of nice feelings, like not to be too serious for a minute, but like, I feel like I'm drifting, like, uh, you know, I, I, the, the snap has happened in Endgame, and I feel like I'm turning into dust in terms of wrestling. I'm just like, I don't feel very good, Mr. Stark, and I'm gone. Um, so it's nice to have those little moments of like, yeah, man, we did a thing like that. We, hey, we were weird, and we did some weird shit, and for a minute, we were on top of the world. Um, 
you know, every time I check the YouTube channel and there's still like a thousand new views on uh, Effie versus Izzy's match, you know, I'm <laughs> like, we fucking, we did a thing, man. We were fucking out there for a second. So it's nice. It's nice to have those little moments when I feel myself drifting away and, and just being like, I'm just forgotten. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, so that was nice. That was a nice little moment to have. That was about as close as we got to a real celebrity thing. Although, uh, our, our booth pal, uh, James over at the good games podcast, uh, he and his lovely wife, uh, Jess took a photo with Kyle McLaughlin and he was wearing, uh, James was wearing the brain buster employee polo. So nice. I was just like, Hey, we'll hang it up in the, in the break room. Like this is a picture of them, like giving the thumbs up with Kyle McLaughlin and he's in his brain buster tea. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. So that was that we didn't get the huge, uh, Holy shit. Guillermo is signing a copy of our bootleg, but, uh, right. that being said, Spookella is coming in December. Oh, Spookella in the giant horse town. Um, the horse, the horsatorium, um, in Ocala. And Donhausen just got announced. I saw. So uh, maybe he'll remember me again, which blew my mind uh, when he was walking to his table. And I was like, hey, I did uh, one of your seminars forever ago. And he was like, ah, Zach, of course. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And that was the that was the thing I, I chose to have him remember me by and not. Hey, I was there when Martin Stone tried to murder you in Orlando. Like, I didn't, I didn't bring that up. I was, I was there when you had six minutes. Like, no, no, I Hey, I remember when I gave you money for a seminar. That was the the memory I chose to go with. Gods and monsters. That was a, in a, I went, did I tell you I went to their, uh, their new area for really? Um, I will say it is kind of, it's kind of sad. If you remember the other, because it's very tiny it's in a it's in a you know it's a storefront so and then they do have the little bar in the back which is it just which is cute but it's very small it's no it's it's let me backtrack the location gods and monsters in orlando um right by universal right by the big outlet mall right still fucking rules let me start with that they have an unbelievable selection of comics and 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 D and D stuff, and just an unbelievable consignment in terms of like old collectibles and weird memorabilia. Just they are the shit, and they have like an awesome artist area. Well, like Luna bought this tiny, um, minimalist fucking art piece of Fraser Crane that of was course. there, like. Just of course you did. Unbelievable shit there. The the place is fantastic. I absolutely love them. But that all being said, if you ever got to see them at Artigan Mall when they were in their prime and they were the size of a fucking like, you know, Walmart. Yeah. It is disheartening because they are in a much smaller space now. They're making the most of it, but when you had like, ju- they had like a miniature arcade in the old location. Yeah. They had a whole section that was just dedicated to like stickers and art like that, that you could go up to. That was like framed yeah. like it was the commissary from Arkham Asylum. You know, it was, it, it was big enough to have a goddamn wrestling ring in it. Like right. that's how big this, a, a wrestling I, ring and a full functioning bar. Like it was gigantic. Right. Um, so yes, if you ever got to see it at Artigan Mall, 
seeing in its current form is a little bittersweet, but they are still absolutely doing the Dark Lord's work and yeah. uh, love them. Speaking of Dark Lord, by the way, I just threw that out there just to be contrarian. Uh-huh. I didn't know. You want to talk about fucking derailment. I didn't know. Today I learned that in the late 60s, Sammy Davis Jr., one of the members of the original Rat Pack with Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. joined the Church of Satan Mm -hmm. officially. I believe so, yeah. I did not know that. And now that I I do know that, (laughs) Sammy Davis Jr., now my favorite member of the Rat Pack, (laughs) was Dean Martin, now with Sammy Davis Jr. By the way, can I can I uh, can I also slightly derail here in the doing doing the Dark Lord's work? Um, I have I have something that I am blaming on you and your uh, you and your wonderful bride uh, yes. um, here recently, uh, and that is the fact that um, uh, goddamn Ghost has been playing in my car a lot more than I- <laughs> they. You know what really got me, and, and I'm sure it's the one that gets goddamn everybody nowadays, but. Man, you get you get caught up in Mariana Cross, and then it's a fucking <laughs> rabbit hole from there. Holy All right, here, hold shit. on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. So, since you uh, since you said the magic phrase of ghost, yeah, uh, I felt it was only necessary to bring in Florida's number one ghost aficionado, uh, Luna, to kind yeah. of walk you through uh, her thoughts on ghosts, her suggestions for ghosts, and uh, about how you got into. Mariana Cross, which I suspect is TikTok, but we'll find out. Probably. So, ladies and gentlemen, please insert door breaking noise in three, two, one. Well, hi. Oh no, no, no! Say it, say it right. You know what show you're on. What's up, sluts? There it is. Woo-hoo! Thank you. Okay. Hey. Hi. So yeah, Zach comes barging in okay. to yeah. the craft room, and he's like, "You gotta talk about ghosts." And I was like, "Well, that's all you had to say." <laughs> so, so here's what brought it about: we um, we were talking about um, Spooky Empire, and uh, Zach had said something about uh, doing the Dark Lord's work, uh, mm-hmm. and we got off on something else. And I'm like, you know what? Speaking of doing the Dark Lord's work, I blame you guys that a uh, ghost has been on rotation in my car for the last little bit. Um, and I said that, uh, you start with Mariana cross and then it becomes like this fucking rabbit hole from there that you just, you can't help, but stop going through. So, uh, so I will, I will stand back for your expertise now to tell me, to tell me more about ghost and where I should, where I should go from here. Absolutely. Well, I first, um, first, first was introduced to ghost a bit through a friend of the IndieCast, Gary Lagosi who always has impeccable music recommendations. Um, but I kind of dabbled. I listened to it. I was like, yeah, okay. But I hadn't really like gotten into it. Um, and then I had started seeing before Mariana cross blew up on TikTok. I'd been seeing a lot of like concert footage and, um, for the song seriously, because Papa would, especially pre COVID when there wasn't like a six foot ba- barrier between the stage and the crowd, he would like pick a girl, like take her hand and like serenade her. And it was like the end all be all. Like I would just literally die and come out of my skin to have that experience kind of a thing. <laughs> um, 
And from there, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I started listening to it a little bit. And, I, you know, Spotify has their, like, this is playlist, which is always a good place to start. Because it's new stuff, their greatest hits, the stuff that it gets most listened to. So I was like, all right, started listening to that. And then I'm like, okay, what's the deal with the Papas? So then I had to go down YouTube rabbit holes. I had to go down TikTok rabbit holes. I had to find, like, the lore of the band. Like, there's stories that go behind this. Like, it's insane. And I love every bit of it. So have you gotten deep into, like, the actual lore of it at all? Not as much of the lore. So okay. I, I think a few people start to explain it to me, but you go ahead and, and, and give the uh, Cliff Notes version, uh, especially for anybody else that may be getting and, and especially because you're absolutely right. Zach said, uh, because you probably got into Mariana Cross from TikTok, which is probably a thousand percent true. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but so, yeah, tell me a little bit about the, the lore. I know it's like graduating popes for lack of a for lack of a better term (laughs) yeah so basically uh the what which whoever the current papa is is the reigning goth pope um so it started with papa emeritus the first who was like oldest sin just an old ass man and then we had two and then he bit the big one and then we had three and three fucked like three was a young hot papa (laughs) he was super horny we were like yes 10 out of 10 and so each papa corresponded with an album that came out so like Papa 1 got um, Opus Eponymous, and Papa 2, I think, was... I can't fucking pronounce any of these. It's like infinitesimum or something like that. Whatever. Don't come at me. It's all Latin bullshit. Um, (laughs) And then we had Papa 3, again, who fucked. And then once Papa 3 was taken out, we were introduced to Cardinal Copia. And so he was sort of like employee of the month kind of a thing. But the point is that the first three Papas were all from the same lineage. Um, there's another character named Papa Nil, who is the old ass dad of all three first Papas. So after Papa the third bit the big one, they were like, what the hell are we going to do? So that because we're out of sons for them to take up the helm of this, like, what the fuck? So then they call in Copia as the cardinal. And he's like, yeah, I got this. Totally cool beans. I got this. So we got an album uh, prequel with him as Cardinal Copia. And then... I think of the timeline because I don't know if it was. I'm not sure when it corresponded, but at some point, Copia just appointed himself as Goth Pope and he became Papa number four. So he is our current reigning Papa. He graduated from Cardinal Copia to Emeritus the Fourth. Um, and so the like low key backstory is that he's like a sort of pseudo bastard son of Papa Nil. Cause like there's other characters involved when it, if you watch the, um, they have like a little, what basically mini web series on YouTube and they're hilarious and like, just not at all what you would expect the tone of these sort of things to be. Cause you're dealing with like, you know, a dark emissary and like goth Pope, but there's literally an episode where it's the shining and Kopi is riding around like this mausoleum on a fucking tricycle. It's hilarious. It's very silly. Um, so there is a delightful balance of like genuine like lore and story and this is deep and then it's also like he just likes to wear spangly clothes and dance on stage and he like grabs the ghouls butts and stuff and you're like yeah I'm here for this. Um, so currently everybody is terrified because for Papa 4 has gotten two albums thanks to COVID and touring schedules and things like that. Right. So he is the longest writing Papa. And so now the big question is what happens now? Because right. 
there's a European summer tour that's happening. And so a lot of people are sort of speculating that he's going to die at the end, be killed off at the end of this tour. Some people have speculated that since Papa Nil died, that he's going to possess Copia and fucking take over him that way. So there's a lot of, a lot of theories going on right now, but it's a lot of fun to delve into. And the ghouls are amazing. And we got to see them live and it was wonderful. And it's one of those shows that like, Everybody is doing something interesting, so it's very hard to figure out where to look. But it was absolutely fantastic. And now, remind me, and and I know I'm, I feel like I should throw spoiler alerts out there, but the uh, to, to wrestling parlance is a little bit, even though it's different papas, it's all the same guy playing the the gimmick, right? He's just like they're, they're yes. changing singers, right? It's it's the same dude, but then he's just like. I'm this guy now. And everybody just goes, yep, you're this guy now and goes with it. It's not exactly. Yeah. So Tobias Forge is technically like legally the lead singer. That's his government name. Um, But he has been all of the Papas, um, except for Papa Nils technically like a separate entity because he was like the dad of all the other ones. But he has been consistently it. Okay. I feel like Tobias Forge is not actually his legal name. That just sounds too... That name even sounds too gimmicky to be, to be believed as a, as a legitimate. <laughs> Knowing uh, him, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, okay. He pulls a lot of inspiration from like classic horror and pop culture and stuff like that. So like it's very on brand in this household. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that like, once you start, you're like, oh, absolutely. Like I am 100 percent into this. this. This is the fully gimmicked of. Uh, of, of I, what type of what would you consider the like it's not. Technically, they're categorized as metal, even though I've seen it best described as Scooby-Doo chase music. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, because it's like the visual. It's kind of like Kiss, where you're like the visual is one thing, but the actual sound that comes out of them is not does not correspond to the visual. Um, So they do have a couple of songs that like go harder. Um, Like uh, Mummy Dust. I was listening to it on the way home. Um, <laughs> I listen to Ghost a lot. Uh, but, like, Mummy Dust is one of the songs that typically goes harder, and it's, like, very good. Obviously, they're all good. Um, but that's more of the, like, quote-unquote metal category of it. But most of them are just bangers. Like, um, I actually, I recently acquired a 45, which was, I think, initially a record store day release. And it's Mariana Cross and Kiss the Goat. Well, it's technically Kiss the Go-Goat. Um, and the lore behind those two songs are that they were, like, Papa Nil in the 60s doing like his best Beatles impression. So that's why the the tone of those two songs in particular are a much bigger shift than the rest of them. Um, but they are both certified bangers. Um, and yeah, just fucking good. Just fucking good. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's yeah, so that was my uh, that was my ghost rant. Um, yeah. If you haven't listened to them, fucking are you even on TikTok? And you should because they're very good. And uh, real quick, because I know I got a little bit of Zach's rundown for Spooky Empire. Uh, what were what were your thoughts on Spooky Empire since I, since we have you on the show? I'll take advantage of it. So. <laughs> right, I appreciate that. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. There was a huge turnout. Um, even for us being at like the ass end of the aisle we were on, we still got to see a ton of people. Um, the only problem is now that I'm spoiled and I like having the big corner booth because that way basically like he has a full brain buster side. I have a full she wolf side and like we can kind of coexist in that space. Um, right. 
So now I have to have a big booth at all the conventions we do. But um, <laughs> thankfully, Spooky is the only one that's stupid expensive. Everybody else is a little more reasonable with that. Um, but no, it was great. We had a really good time. Um, it's always an interesting crapshoot to see what, not necessarily what sells, but like what people give a shit about. Like what people go, oh, holy, you've got this. Like, yes, I have this kind of thing and good. Because um, sometimes it depends on the crowd and the media, I guess. And sometimes it just depends. Like something that's sold. I have this big, beautiful oval Elvira piece. And she's gorgeous, obviously. Um, but at Spookala, she was like the first thing that sold. Like first day that morning, somebody was like, I want that. And I was like, cool beans. So I made two for Spooky. Neither one sold. And I was like, but you loved her. She's beautiful. Like, please buy her. But I mean, thankfully, they bought other stuff. But it's just interesting to see how that kind of like ebbs and flows with certain things that I've had forever that somebody goes, oh, man, like, I love that I'm buying it right now. And other stuff that you're like, oh, this will definitely go right away. And it super doesn't. What was the one thing you sold this year that you didn't think would sell that did? Good question. Um, I, it's silly. Um, I sold a set of Moon Knight affirmation cards. Yeah. So I have a couple decks of um, Major Arcana Tarot cards. I had uh, Beetlejuice and Adam's Family, which I love. They're beautiful. Um, and I was going to do ones for Moon Knight, but because of the content of the show and just sort of the overall theme, I thought it would be hilarious to do an affirmation card deck. Um, and they're very silly things. Like one of them is a picture of Steven falling asleep on somebody on the bus. And it says like, I deserve like time and space for rest or whatever. And you're like, absolutely. I think that's funny as shit. And so this dude comes up and he's like, I am a huge Moon Knight fan. Give it to me. And I was like, good. Thank you. <laughs> like, I'm so <laughs> excited that you gave a shit. Well, very cool. Good. And I'm, I'm planning on trying to be out for uh, Spookala. I want to. I definitely think I want to try to make out to Spookala for that one because that should be interesting to say the least. So yeah, absolutely. They just posted um, a thing. They're having a bunch of. Um, I know you were talking about Dan Housen earlier because I can hear Zach from Three States over. Um, <laughs> but they're having a bunch of all elite people because it was like, oh, Spookala is all elite, and it listed like a bunch of the wrestlers that are going to be there and stuff. Um, like last year, Leva Bates was there with one of the vendors who came and stuff like that. So. Um, I mean, I know last year was their first year as a horror convention, but it was run incredibly well. The turnout was amazing. The, even though it's in weird horse country, like the location is beautiful and they give us like ample space to exist and be vendors. And I very much appreciate that. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to this year and see what they bring to Tampa next year. Yeah, I know. I am excited, definitely excited about the Tampa one because, uh, that's a lot less of a drive for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause Ocala is absolutely nowhere. So. Yeah, that's the one part about it I'm not looking forward to is driving out to Ocala. Uh, everything else, I'm all for it. So, Yeah, it's a whole lot of nothing. So, uh, well, uh, Luna, I think we've hit the end of the episode here. So I will, uh, not, not that the last part here hasn't been kind of already letting you get your shit in, but let me let you get your shit in. What does uh, She-Wolf Media or Fully Gimmicked have going on that uh, the listeners should know about? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. As uh, we mentioned, we've got Spook Alley coming up in December. Um, so you can find all dates, information, tickets, all that fun stuff on all their social media. Uh, same thing with um, their shows for next year, which we plan on doing, which is very exciting. Uh, we are looking to do more like vendor kind of events because I love those things. And um, typically the Etsy shop is mostly like decals and some smaller things, but certain things are just hard to ship. So the 
conventions is where I really get to like get creative and get weird with stuff. Um, and that's very fun. And it gives me a good serotonin boost when somebody goes, Oh, I like this. And I'm like, thank God. Cause I made it and I hate myself. Um, so that's just nice. Um, we do quietly release things on fully gimmicked all the time. Like I manage social media for a living. So there, that means I'm terrible at managing my own. Um, but we do keep releasing things. So if you check the website, there's things, there's new things, there's things that are good and new. And I'm sure we'll come up with something fun for Christmas because I love Christmas. Um, and fuck Thanksgiving to me where it, once we hit November 1st, it's already Christmas season. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to get in Zach? Um, the lighthouse. I'm finally releasing that on tape because that's been requested. A, Good. A yes, absolutely. A 24 is, and, um, I keep putting in requests for more, uh, pornos because they sell really well. And I keep telling him that it's great. And that if we shift it over to just like porn buster, I would be fine. <laughs> I need to work on the name, but I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Um, it would have to be not buster video. Not buster uh, video. <gasps> that's, dude. That's, that's a lot better than what I was about to come up with there. <laughs> See, it's no Nutbuster November video. Yeah. There you go. So we're working on it. Uh, We're workshopping it. But I love it. And I think that that's imperative because it's hilarious. Awesome. Well, on uh, the wrestling nerd side of things here, everybody, uh, www.wrestlingnerds.us. Follow all the social medias. uh, At IndieCast on everything. you know what? Now that you're on the show, I can ask this. Uh, let me well, let me get the plug out first. At IndieCast on all social media, except for uh, the Clock app, which I'm on all the time now, apparently. I've become a bit addicted to TikTok. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at IndieCast Maximus. Uh, so uh, I, I noticed recently that there was, I tried to get at IndieCast um, just to keep it you know, all the way across. And somebody was already sitting on at IndieCast, but there were no videos posted. Zach is of the belief that you may have signed up for IndieCast uh, just so we had it and then forgot the password or something. Do you remember ever signing up for the IndieCast uh, TikTok? No, I'm, I, 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 that sounds on brand. Like, don't right. get me wrong. That sounds like something I would do. Um, but I believe I have, there's one for fully gimmicked. I don't remember if I made a shoe wolf one or not. Um, Please don't look for it because I don't know if I did. Um, but I don't think I would have claimed IndieCast. Typically, I leave that to you guys. Right. Okay. So that. So now we have to find whoever it was and fight them. Right. So if you're if you're the asshole who's at has at IndieCast on <laughs> fucking TikTok. If you're the asshole. Change the name, asshole. You you're not using it. You know it's my sh- you know it's our show. Stop fucking around. Uh, exactly. Uh, but otherwise, follow at IndieCast Maximus. That's where you'll uh, find me. Um, in front of an, uh, the uh, wrestling nerd flag that Luna made me forever ago. And uh, yeah, and uh, you should subscribe to the show. You should buy merch. Uh, actually, I just had uh, uh, one THF uh, Labs. Uh, Jesse put up, trust me, I'm a professional. I'm a, a professional wrestling nerd uh, ball cap. Uh, oh, that's awesome. And I just got mine in the mail today. So I will, uh, I will have that later. But nice. uh, yeah, so there's things to look forward to. But that is... Uh, that's the plug. And, uh, oh, go follow the read pile too, by the way, uh, T H E R E A D P I L E on all social media, uh, especially his, uh, TikTok. go follow, uh, Rick's TikTok. He's pretty awesome on the TikTok thing. So, and, uh, I think that is it. So, uh, well, everybody, thank you once again for listening to the IndieCast here on the WNRN. 
Until next time, everybody, I am, as always, Coculus Maximus. And I am also, as always, Duchess Von Fingerbang. And let's see which is Zach going to yell in from the back. Oh, are you going to yell in? Okay, he's waving me off. He's a fucker. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, and, uh, until next time, everybody, we always say... Deuces! Hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan! A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners you. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.